puisse alléluia mais alléluia
the nostrils of that image and that image became a man and became a living being okay and when you um, look at the Greek meaning for breath is uh, uh, essentially saying that it is a a spirit a, a, an inspiration a breath a spirit is is a Hebrew word that means to puff which is a soul spirit in other words he released a spirit and that is the more reason when Paul said act of the body then the spirit goes to meet him so when there is a separation between the body and the spirit meaning that if the spirit leaves the body the body becomes dead as long as the spirit is there the body is still alive so <clears throat> that is absent from the body right then the, the you you have you have no life okay so so we 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 are looking at that so in the in the other part where it says a living soul is meaning a living being or or a living person living person okay in other words if we if we try to read it this way in uh uh amplify okay so it says, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of the spirit of life. And man became a living being. Okay? So that, that, that is more understandable. So it, it, when he breathed into the nostrils, that mod that mod instantly became a living being in other words a living person we will see this better when we look at the new living translation he said then the lord god formed the man from the dust of the ground he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person okay so in other words if we put all together we can read it like this he said that the lord god formed the man from the dust of the ground and he breathed the spirit of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Hallelujah. Okay? So here we have 
the body, we have the soul, and we have the spirit. Because the breath that he breathed into it is a Hebrew word, which is the soul, the spirit, and we have the man he is breathed breath, breath in into something, which is the body. Okay? We have the third part here as well. Now, when you go to the first Thessalonians, it makes it more explicit. So you will be able to see clearly here. Okay? First Thessalonians. Let's go there. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, Paul was talking, making his final exhortation, exhortation in this uh, in, the, in this chapter. So, he was talking about uh, abstaining from evil. And when you read from verse 14, it's very nice. Okay, from verse 14. He said, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men, see that none render evil for evil. Unto any man. <clears throat> but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. You see, it's written to the people of Thessalonians. These are Christians. You see, it says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man. But if, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves, that is among uh, the Christian brothers or sisters, and to all men, including unbelievers as well. You see? So, verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice. Evermore. Pray without ceasing. Verse 17. Now verse 18. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Very important. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That is in bad time give thanks. In good times, give thanks. Why? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How it's going to occur, we don't know. But we know God can use bad things to make it good. He can turn that situation. He is not the author of that bad situation. But he can change it. He can turn that negative to a positive. 
verse 19 says, it said, quench not the spirit. Quench it not, the spirit. Despise not prophesying. 21, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, the verse we are looking for, verse 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray that your whole spirit, your soul, your body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he concluded by saying, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He said, Brethren, pray for us. Greet all brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Hallelujah. We give God the glory. Yeah, now we see here that we are made up of the spirit, of the soul, and the body. In other words, we are, we consist, or we are a composite of the spirit, the soul, and the body. Hallelujah. Three paths. So, this is so important to know, okay? This is what? Very important for us to know because this will help us in understanding the scripture. This will help us in praying. Very, very important to know and not only know, but to really understand this concept of a tripartite being that we are, that we are composed or split into three parts, that is divided or made up of three parts or evolving three parts. Just as we have our God existing in triune, that is God triune. So we have the God the Father, we have the God the Son, and we have the God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And why is this like this? It's essentially because he will be able to communicate with us via the Spirit. He will be able to what? Communicate with us through the Spirit. You know, he breathed the breath 
of life or the spirit to the nostrils. In other words, we would then be able to communicate with him through the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we also know that God able to communicate with us in the spirit. And while we were in the garden, we were able to communicate with him through the spirit. And that is the reason why we seen the spirit man separated. So we are no longer able to commune. We can still communicate, but we cannot we were not able to commune. We are not able to fellowship. We are not able to relate to him anymore. Because the spirit man had died is there but it's not functioning and that is the reason why when at times we were not able to hear from him we were not able to hear from God we we have to rely on on the people God has chosen people like Samuel, uh, prophets. So you have to go there and inquire from them because the Spirit of God will come and rest on them and quicken their spirit so they are able to hear from Him and able to relate back to us what the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. So we we find out that when we are born again, we have the dead spirit. I mean, before we were born again, we have the the dead spirit, and we have the soul, and we have the body. Hallelujah. Now, when you go to the uh, uh, Ephesians, the book of uh, the book of uh, Ephesians. Okay, let's go there. Ephesians chapter two. Okay, hope you are there already. Ephesians chapter two. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to read from verse 1. Okay. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. He said, And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. What was dead? Your spirit was dead. My spirit was dead. 
because of our sins and the things we did against God. That is our transgressions and all our sins. You see, you see where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of what? The disobedience. See, verse 3 says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we are by nature children of wrath, even as what others. Hallelujah. So again, we are a three-part being. Okay? Now, I'm trying to establish that that our spirit was formerly dead because of what our sins we had a sin nature making us not to relate to God and we had a prince of the power of the air that still walk in the life of people who have not given their life to God. And when you consider what we have done, we do not deserve his mercy. We deserve what? Wrath. We deserve judgment. We deserve anger. Okay? We deserve what? Anger. Now, verse 4 says, but. So, there's going to be a, a, a turn around. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, where we, he loved us, even when we were dead. Yeah, see, spirit dead in sins had quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. So, the spirit that was dead, now Christ quickened it up by the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said he quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and had raised us up together. So the dead spirit has been raised up together. Now we are born again and our spirit is just as Jesus Christ alive with him together. With him. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't this awesome? It's unbelievable. 
So as we are talking, we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are raised up. Now we are not only just raised up and living hopelessly, living depressedly, living anyhow, doing as we feel best, or living that we don't know who we are. But he is saying here in verse 6, he not only raised us up together and had made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is awesome. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. So as we are talking, we are sitting together with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. In what? In our spirit. As far as he's concerned, that is how he relates to us. He sees us in his spirit. Communicate with us in, in our spirit. I hope you, you, you understand that from what we have understood from previous teaching. Okay? Now verse 7 says that in his ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. The exceeding word riches of his grace in his kindness. Our God is full of riches. Our God is full of kindness. He is the author of kindness. He is the author of riches. He said, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that none of yourself it is the gift of God. So we are saved. We are born again, not because of our status, not because of who we are, not because we belong to a, a group. All these are all good. I'm not undermining them. They are very, very good. It's good to belong to a group. It's good to belong to a church. It's good to belong to a status. It's good to belong to the people that are rich. It's good to belong to the elite. It's good to have money. But it's saying it's not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. In other words, God has presented a gift to us through Jesus Christ, to us, to any one of us who we come to him and say, yes, I am tired. I have sinned. I need you, Lord. Forgive my sin. I give my life to you. I want you to be my savior today. From today, I will live for you. I will follow you. 
Yes, it's a gift, so it's for us to receive. We cannot purchase it. We cannot go about bribing or going to people, oh, you need to do this to me, you need to do that to me. No, it, it is a gift that has been presented to you and to me, to all mankind, irrespective of where we come from, whether color, whether green, yellow, blue, white, whether from Asia, Africa, any continent. It is a gift of God, period. He said, verse 9, he said, not of wars, let any man should boast. We don't work for it. That we have to earn it. It's good to work. It's, it's good to, uh, uh, in fact, when we, uh, the book of Tech talks, talks about works. It's all works. Uh, when we are born again, we need to work. We need to, uh, it's a go ye and win souls. You see, make disciples of me. Teach them to observe all these things. So we also have to work after that. But we are not talking about that kind of works. This, the works is talking about here is the works of any, uh, the idea of being quickened. The idea of being raised up together and making us sit together with him. You, we cannot walk that walk to end that. Of course, you can make walk to get a reward after we've been born again. So after we've been born again, you can walk. That is a, a reward that will come after. Jesus will come and say, okay, how are you, my son? I see you. This is what you did. This is what you did. Okay, this is a crown for you. Welcome, my son. Great. And you have done wonderfully. So this is your crown. Okay? That is separate. That's not what we are talking here now. We are talking about not of works to end what? Salvation. To be born again. Why? The less any man should boast. We will go and be saying, yeah, I, I bought it. I purchased it. Yeah, I paid this. I paid that. No, we cannot do it with, with him. He owns you. He owns me. He owns everything. There's no amount of payment for salvation. He's so dear. His blood is so dear that we cannot pay it. How much can we pay for a blood, a precious blood? And it was a blood, according to Hebrews chapter 10, it was done once and for all. You don't, uh, uh, it's not like the, the, the blood of bulls or the blood of animals that we have to continually offer and offer and offer. And they were not able to get rid of those sins. 
for every time we have to go back and offer uh, uh, those bulls and uh, uh, animals to to the gods, and they were not able to remit those sins. They were not able to remove what we have done to appease God until Christ came. So it cannot be purchased. It's a precious blood of Calvary. An essential component of our Christian faith, the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. We can never purchase it. It's a gift that was given to us through the Father. I mean, through Jesus Christ, by the Father, on the idea that he loved us so much that he has to do that. To send his only begotten son, his only son that he has, to come and do all those kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Now verse 10 went on to say that for we are his workmanship. We are his what? His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto God, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. He said, Wherefore, remember that ye be in time past gentle in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by what is called the, uh, the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, be aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 So we are his what? His special made. We are his workmanship. Specially made. You see? So we are to do good things. He planned for us long ago, very long ago. So he carefully made us, he made you, he made me for a special purpose. So now, even now, when we become born again, we are created anew in Christ Jesus, a brand new creation. So our spirit man born again a, a a quickening of the spirit you see so 
a brand new creation formed in some script and some uh, translation creation. So we are his work, his handiwork, his masterpiece, born anew that we may do those good things or good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking part which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So one of one one of the things that we should always pray about is will fulfill his will. That is, you know, he has made a plan for us. This is what this is what I want you to do. Now, all of a sudden, we are here. We are doing what we feel we should do in our uh, brain. We are not even renewing our mind to align with what he wants us to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we are not hearing from him. We are just as uh, free, free range, uh, any person, just don't care or we are not hearing. But it, 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 it uh, let me say nicely, let me say nicely so that I, I won't be too harsh. You know, it, it would not be nice when we appear on that day and he says, hey, my son, this is what I want you to do, or this is what I had wanted you to do, but you went ahead and be doing what you feel you should do. It would be very sad. See? So this is this is where I want you to go, but you went this way. I, I, I wanted you to go to left, but you went to right. You were pursuing this. You were doing that. And because of that, look at how your life has been. But if you had followed left and do what I wanted you to do, this is what you would have done. This is what I wanted you to achieve and all that and, and all this. One of the greatest achievements of life is doing that which God has made us for. You know, a spoon is made for a special purpose. The same way as a knife. A knife is made for what? Just to cut. We cannot use knife to eat. It's made for what? To cut something. In the same way, we cannot drive a round peg in a square hole. It won't fit nicely. And unfortunately, many of us are like that. But it is my prayer that the Lord God 
will change that situation today. Hallelujah. It is my prayer that the Lord God will reposition us, refocus us to his own image that he has at the beginning. That we are well focused, we are well designed, we are born again to reposition ourselves to an identity that we so belong. An identity which is of Christ, that now we are his children, a brand new creation. That we are able to fulfill his purpose. We are able to do what he wants us to do. We are happy when we wake up. And we are happy when we are going to bed. And when we go out, we are happy. When we come in, we are happy. Let me say this again also. One of the reasons some of us not every one of us are in challenges, situations, different circumstances. It's simply the fact that we are not doing that which he has proposed for us long ago. Some of us are on our own way. It's like uh, uh, it's, it's like uh, uh, the uh, when he was talking about him going to you no know, talk about uh, when a sheep leave a pen, one sheep leave a pen, right? And there were hundred sheep, one leave. So the shepherd will go after that one. That the Lord is seeking for you and me. He will go after the lost sheep. Now, we we are kind of silenced. You know, it's a sheep that has wandered away. It's a sheep that has left the other flocks. It has it it has left the protection. It has left the supplies, the sustenance and the care of the shepherd in that sheep area. Now, it has wandered away. In the wandering, how many of us know anything can happen? Anything can happen. It can be killed instantly. It can be taken as a meal. By other animals, it could be lion, it could be bear, it could be uh, another shepherd. It can be captured, and in the process of wandering, we realize that there is no source anymore. It's fending for itself. It has left the care of the shepherd. Now he has now to uh, uh, scout for food, to look for food, to look for where to get water, 
He has to look for where to get sustenance. He has to look for where to sleep. He has to look for how do I go about things. You can see the suffering. Just wandering away from the shepherd's pain. Wandering away from the care and protection of the shepherd. And, and, and very sadly enough, some of us are like this. Anything can happen. We find sufferings, we find challenges, we find circumstances simply because we have wandered away from the original plan that he has planned for us. But we thank God that today, and the Lord, we reposition you, we reposition me, we reposition everyone that's looking for him. Anyone that position himself, he will take him and transform him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me quickly. My time is running running very fast. Now let's let's look at the idea that we are born again. So this my talk today will not be complete if I don't mention Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Okay. Hallelujah. <coughs> Excuse me. So now I mean uh um let's read from uh from verse sixteen. Uh let's say fifteen. Even fourteen is even better. He said, for the love of Christ constrain us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we all died. Amazing. Then 15 says, and that he died for all. He died for you and for me. That they which lived should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again. You see, you see, our living, we are not living for ourselves. We are living unto him. We are living what? Unto him. We are not living to ourselves. So if we live to ourselves, that is selfishness, self-centeredness in our life. And when we live to ourselves, we find hopelessness. We get depressed. We get, you, you, you find, it's, it's like, what is all this? What, what, what is going on now? I don't know. This, that, it's like a race. Okay, I've done this, I've done that. What next? Because 
you are living to yourself. We are not living to him. If we live to him, we find purpose. We find joy. We find sustenance. We find hope. He is the hope of glory. He is the one we are looking up to when we wake up. We are not looking up unto any man or looking unto substance, material. Every, everything is going to be bound. So when you look unto that, it's in vain. So, But when we wake up in the morning, you are looking towards him. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. You woke me up. Thank you. You are making me alive today. You are giving me substance. You are giving me hope. You see, to rise again. See, many have slept, could not wake up. Now look at 16. 16 says, Wherefore, henceforth, now we know man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, ye not henceforth know him no more. You know, there are many people that they look at me, they think they know me. Uh, maybe based on my appearance, based on the way I talk, based on the way I walk. No, you don't know me. Even I, I have a relatives uh, uh, recently at my place. I thought I know him, but I realized I didn't know him. There's something that is there's something that he did, and when I walk when I woke up. And I went to the living room. I said, ah, oh, my Lord, you are so true. I really didn't know this guy. See, because the heart of man is so deep. For you to know somebody, you have to know the spirit. And that is the more reason God is looking into us, or God sees us in our spirit. He knows us by our spirit. The only way for you to know man, it goes into the heart. And unfortunately, you cannot go into the heart. Therefore, you don't know. You don't know. Looking at the face appearance is deceptive. No. You know, you know, the Lord said we are desperately wicked who can know man. So, okay, let's leave it that way. Now, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, it's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Behold what? All things. Have become new. So, what part is born again now? When you consider us based on what we have learned in almost an hour ago, 
you realize that it was the spirit that was dead. So it was there. Now it has been made new. The spirit has been made new. It's been raised up. It's been quickened up. So all things are passed away. So all our sins has been forgotten. Put on the cross. But in our flesh, you will still, you will still see your body. Your body is still the same. But somebody is telling you you are, you are new. But your body is still old. I mean, uh, maybe in the same way, nothing has changed. But when we begin to renew our mind, we begin to see how we will maintain that body. You see, you see. So we begin to renew the body. We begin to work on our body, then we begin to have the change that the the law has designed us for. Hallelujah. We say verse eighteen says, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So the ministry of a tangible concept that we have to pass around to our fellow brother a reconciliation. Say in other words, every one of us is a minister. And the fact that we need to proclaim the gospel that Jesus has reconciled us to the Father. So there is reconciliation. Now God is not mad at us anymore. He is not angry. He is being appeased by the special blood of Jesus Christ. A sacrifice has been made. An atonement has been made. He is even sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you and me. So there is no war, no fight, nothing anymore. You see, he said, uh, verse 18 says, and he said, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I have just one minute left. He said, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That is, God was in Christ. That is, he uses Christ to achieve his purpose. In the same way, the Lord has positioned you and I to fulfill a specific purpose. We are designed as a specific tool to achieve a purpose. In other words, we are a special tool designed Specially made by the masterpiece. We are a masterpiece, especially created tool in the hands of the Holy Spirit to reach out to all to proclaim the gospel, to fulfill his purpose, to do the will of the Father. You see? So now, he said, verse 20. Now then, 
we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. He said, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Verse 21. He said, for he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. You see? So God has made us who were sinners and an exchange was made see for for us so you can see life is not fair he said for he made him who made him to be seen for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him See, one of the reasons why we need to forgive, we need to forget, because sometimes when we get offended, we begin to claim, oh, I was right, I was wrong, so I can't forgive, I can't release that person. No, he offended me. Then we live in pain. We are living in unforgiveness. But I pray that the Lord of God today will set us free. We reposition us to our identity we have in Christ, that we are able to know who we are in the spirit. We are able to know that God loves us. Hallelujah. So my dear brother, my dear sister, that's all we have today. And my time is off. So thank you and God bless you.